podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a good uh i'm good i have uh walking pneumonia though yeah i know for the record it's not the vape pneumonia it's it's not the vape pneumonia no i i have How a, do you know well i went and i um i had a doctor examine me and i also got a chest x-ray mm, um not vape pneumonia just regular walking pneumonia. It's, yeah, because it's, like, this bacteria that um, gets in people. It's, like, a bacteria virus, and you get it at the end of summer or in the fall. Ugh. And uh, oh. you, you have to take antibiotics. Yeah, you have to take antibiotics. And, uh, that is infection. Did you get yeast infection from the antibiotics? What's that? Did you get a yeast infection from the antibiotics? I mean, can I tell you something? I've actually, I've never had a yeast infection. Well, you're pretty lucky because every time I take antibiotics, I get a fucking yeast infection. And it happens to a lot of women. I feel like people that. So guess what, everybody? Come see me. Like, and I'm like, oh, I'm taking antibiotics. What's going on downstairs? You know what that is? You know why? And the thing is, here's the thing. I actually never take antibiotics because I never actually go to the doctors, but I was actually really freaked out by this illness. And then this whole yeah, vape. Yeah, I would have been at this time. Yeah, with the whole vape like, pneumonia. fucking dying. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to the doctor. So I don't even normally, like, take antibiotics. Um, so in my adult life, I wouldn't know. If uh, antibiotics would give me a yeast infection, I'll let you know. I mean, I'm on yeah, my period yeah, now. Definitely, I definitely tell me. Um, one thing that I do have is um, diarrhea, like literally every day. Mm. Uh, so, which That's is connected. You should take. What? You should take. Uh, you should take probiotics when you take antibiotics to avoid that. Are there any foods that are probiotics that I can just eat? Yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah, yogurt is what you eat, yeah, for probiotics. Okay, okay. Or I do kombucha, eat kombucha. I do eat yogurt. Really good probiotics. Oh, okay. I'll get some kombucha. Yeah, get some kombucha. Um, maybe that'll help prevent getting a yeast infection too. Right. Well, so the thing is, yeah, the antibiotics like kill good bacteria in your gut and stuff and that's why you get yeah. you get diarrhea and that's why you would get a yeast infection because it kills yeah. all the good bacteria that keeps your ph balance or whatever it keeps your vagina happy um yeah so good but, times you know, at least you won't die of pneumonia yeah i mean you can't you can un have walking pneumonia and not take antibiotics and have it go away it's it's like yeah. the less serious form of pneumonia um but like this vape pneumonia that people get you need to be on like steroids some people yeah, they need not, yeah it's not like a like the virus or something like that no um, it's it's a lipoid inhaling, inhaling oil basically mm -hmm. but i don't understand that yeah 
But also what worsens it is that people that are um, getting the vape pneumonia are, you know, they're still vaping. Like, so there's no real break for their lungs. I've also heard with if you have the vape pneumonia and you're it's not so serious too, literally it can go away if you just stop vaping. You have to stop vaping. And the other thing is I've also heard it's predominantly THC um, cartridges, not the nicotine based ones. That it's the t- right. it's the vitamin E that um, weed dealers put in the oil to thicken it up. So um, so the vape ban is and stupid. Like, is, it, is it true that it's like black market THC cartridges? Like, yeah, it. I mean, the thing is, like I feel like cartridges. black. Yeah, black market. It is black market. But I also think black market can still sneak into like um, uh, both with the medical shit. Like basically, it's like when it comes to legalization of marijuana in this country at this point in time, it's an absolute shit show. Which is exactly why the government's just attacking Jewel to be like distraction, distraction. Because then what they really need to do is legalize marijuana, and so and also have the FDA have approved products on this shit. Although it sounds like the FDA isn't approving a lot of the nicotine based stuff either. Like it seems like this, it's this whole fucked up market. It's a problem. It's a major problem. Yeah. Um, and it's. I didn't realize that, but I, I don't think it's the FDA approved either. Like the. And the thing is, I would have to find out. I have vaped like uh, THC, like black market products, because I live in the state of Pennsylvania. Literally, all my friends, everyone, it's not legal here, so uh, people like are buying it illegally. So that's the black market. So everyone's vulnerable in Pennsylvania. Although I, in PA, you can get a medical marijuana card, um, which, you know, I don't really smoke weed that much. I like, I'm like a social weed smoker. Like if it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. If it's there, I'll tell you as a social weed smoker, everyone's vaping marijuana. Like that's actually more common than somebody passing a bowl at a party or a joint at a party. People are vaping. Interesting. Yeah. Because I'm not in that scene, so I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, everyone's got it. Because the thing is, what's great about it is it's, um, well, supposedly <laughs> the vape is supposed to be better on your lungs, but I don't know about yeah. that at all because I would say it still hurts me if I'm vaping and I have to, I, I would cough if I took too big of a hit. Yeah. So I don't really, it's supposed to be better because it's not the harsh, you know, whatever. I don't believe that though. Then the other thing is, um, it's, uh, it doesn't smell like weed. So it's like, you can be at a park, you could be walking on a street. Yeah. And you could be like, I mean, no one cares at a concert, but you can, you can openly be smoking weed and not have it be an issue. So that's the other reason why people predominantly, um, like to, are, are vaping their marijuana. Yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, I don't, I don't have that one. Okay. And I have a doctor's note, so, and I feel fine. It, and then this is why we're doing the episode over the phone because, I don't yes, want to get. I don't want to get her fucking disease. Yeah, I don't want to give Marine um, walking pneumonia because what I have, like the, 
lupoid. I'm not lopoid. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but the oil pneumonia thing that people are getting um, is not contagious. It's right. Um, whatever. But what I have is contagious. It's a yeah. It's a it's like a cold virus. So, um, but I feel fine. The antibiotics are like knocking it out, and I feel fine. Um, I just can't hang out with anyone. Yeah, that's bad for you. So, drinking by myself tonight. Awesome. <laughs> um, Party one. This episode is not about the vape ban. It's not about vape pneumonia, even though we've been talking about it. It's um, we're Tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, or whenever you're listening to this, yeah. we're going to be talking about toxic female friendships. Um, yeah. And it is specific, like, I don't want to say, because, like, there is a, uh, a different dynamic uh, within female-identified persons, so even, yeah, I feel like, yeah. I, and I'm not trying to exclude uh, trans women here, Tran- trans women are totally included as well, because they're on the right. same hormones we are, so right. it's all the same, but yeah. uh, I do exclude male friendships because I think there's a different dynamic there. And, Absolutely. There's yeah. very like a romance and it's adorable when it happens, but mm-hmm. women's relationships are like the fucking relationship. Like they're jealousy. Mm-hmm. There's like cheating on your women. You know what I mean? It's like practically like that. Like it's it can get really I think the key word is it gets more it's emotional. Like it's more hyper sensitive, hyper emotional. It's a delicate friendship. Um, yeah, and being a young woman and a specifically inspired and we'll be discussing as well um which is why we're talking about this topic is an article that came out in the cut this past week uh that is entitled i was carolyn calloway seven years after i met the infamous instagram star i'm ready to tell my side of the story so that sounded, that's a really confusing um, title to say out loud. Anyway, it's Natalie Beach, who was Carolyn Calloway's ghost writer for seven years on Instagram. And Carolyn Calloway is a sort of uh, social media famous influencer uh, personality online. Uh, that was a lot of internet words. And they... Um, were recently in the news or in the papers in the papers in the um new york times for running a a scam which is something a lot of influencers influencers have been being called out on um like for instance there was the fire festival documentary last year uh that highlighted it instagram like scam going on and uh, another Elizabeth Holmes with the, um, what was that? The blood testing, uh, scam. And, uh, that was, I would feel like that's more Silicon Valley startup Andrew Yang shit. But, um, Carolyn Calloway was, um, go like doing events, 
to that were like supposed to be inspirational events to meet her and to get an inside look into her creative process and blah 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 and it turned out to be like just an absolute shit show and um basically she was called out for running uh, a scam and ripping people off online on instagram and uh then was selling them tickets to things that she didn't have set, like, even venues for yet and stuff like that. Yeah. One thing I read was she, like, she's known, like, on Instagram for making, like, these orchid crowns and, like, posing for selfies and... Uh, one of the things was that she was going to make or there was going to be orchid crowns for all of the attendees. So but when they got there, there was one orchid and you would put the orchid in the in your hair. They would take your picture and then you would have to give back the orchid. <laughs> and do, oh, like man. so shit like that. It was like that yeah. kind of a shit show. So she had like grant. It's like almost like a. I mean, I feel like there's definitely mental illness and blah blah. Like yes, absolutely. Depression, like mm-hmm. because she's having these grand plans and she's like very confident and and charming and all this stuff. But then apparently she also had these horrible depression episodes where she was like almost not even able to function. Well, yeah, and it's also and very... she was a drug addict, so, like, with Adderall. Yes, and all those things combined, like, and you're also, by the way, a shit show online that everyone is obsessed with. So yeah. when you post that you're doing this event, everyone out of curiosity is is going to, you know, tash, like, get, t- push, I'm Joe Biden over here, push that pay button... Okay. And go to that event. And then next thing you know, she's got a thousand people attending her event. She's got to make a thousand orchid crowns. And she's just a shit show of a person. How the hell she's going to do that? So there's there's that too. Like, um, I feel like for me, I think it's interesting with these online um, personalities who are like have like 800,000 followers and or, you know, they're Instagram famous, they're influencers. There's like this online reality. And when they try... Like, they're, I feel like they're so out of touch with actual reality that, like, yeah. when they try to, like, bring to fruition a lot of the things that mm-hmm. they so easily make look like is happening in their life online, it, it falls uh-huh. apart. They don't, they don't yeah. have a grasp on reality. They're completely sucked into social media, and they're out of and touch. They grew up, like, some people, like, it's like adults now that grew up with it. Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're, I mean... The world, like, it's just normal to them. Yeah, I mean, 9-11 anniversary just came up upon us, and it was 18 years ago. There was, yeah, there's people so who are yeah. 18 years old, like, you know, I hate to sound like Pete Buttigieg, but who have, you know, don't know, weren't alive when 9-11 happened, and they're 18 years old. That's incredible, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's no, aging. Like, or I mean, no children remember 9-11 now. Yeah. No one under 18 was uh, born. Someone actually, born. born, yeah. Someone actually asked me um, if I, uh, how old I was on 9-11, and I was like, that's rude to ask me that. <laughs> oh, shit, that's a good, oh, that's a fucking question isn't it yeah it is because it was like i was 18 now, so like, i'm you know, pretty age, much yeah now i'm pretty older yeah i'm obviously like 40 because uh it was mm. 18 years ago and i was 18 when it happened yep. so we were, fucking, we were 
done. Um, it was over. really funny. Like, don't fucking ask a woman how old she was when 9-11 happened. Just want to put yeah. that out there. You do not. That's a new rule. So no back, rude. back to this article, um, I want to do, I'm going to do a run through, um, actually, you know what we'll do? We have to do um, our little podcast things, which is our little podcast things is uh, saying our names uh, telling people to go to our Twitter, doing our recap of the last episode, which I don't even have anything, so we'll just say literally what it is, doing racist confessions, and then telling people to su- subscribe and review our show. We have to do those podcast things. And then what we'll do is we're going to come back and we will um, go through the article. You read it. I read it. It's against the rules for two hosts from Delco to actually read things. And, um, because we're supposed to, uh, just, no research, just making shit up, basically, just our stupid opinion. Exactly. So, um, but we will go That's through. That's our format. Like it or not. We will do a summation of the article and then we will go in to discuss, uh, toxic female, um, relationships. So, uh, my name is Beth Heinley. Hello? Yeah, Maureen, say your name. Oh, my name is Maureen Cumming. I thought you were going to say your Twitter. My Twitter uh, is uh, at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y, all lowercase, no space. Follow and me. Mine yeah, and mine is Mocum, yours. M-O-C-U-M-9-9, and my name on there is Momo from Delco. Uh, Twitter. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar like on twitter like there's a sidebar anyway uh like hashtag trending topics i just wanted to say that i saw your one tweet that is pretty popular at this point and also i said That's i would my only popular tweet ever i know it's amazing not ever i've actually seen you uh, uh oh, yeah, get other ones like you've had other ones like this um, no, not that I had like, not that I like couldn't keep up with the comments at first. Like I was like, whoa, like thirty-seven comments. Like that's oh, you're, I get like it's like three at eighty. You have like eighty huh? comments. You have like eighty comments on this. Um, I, love, I mean, the comments it's a, it's were heartbreaking, but they were great to read because I was tearing up going were really through it, telling their stories, and like you know, you see people on television, or like you'll, you'll hear these opinion from people on TV or something and like sometimes I don't know I'm like am I the you hear these like the, the spin and you hear tell me your tweet you and get you to vote for certain people tell and like seriously you you would like nobody loves their private insurance if you do you're confused Tell them like your tweet. Oh my god. Nobody like knows this. what you're talking about. Tell them your tweet. Yeah. I w- I was going to say My tweet was um if you did well, I love you. Okay. Do, 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 do. Um, do, 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 do. I think that's if I was genuinely interested in the answer, like, I feel like that's why people responded. Like, it was a genuine question. Looking and it was done out of this time. Looking like, out the tweet. Looking out the tweet. Looking out the tweet. By the way, my neighbor is learning a song on the guitar, and he's also and the song is ain't no sunshine when she's gone ain't no sunshine when she's gone 
She's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Right? But like when he sings it, I can't even do it. Like how can you fuck that song up? And he's like, ain't no sunshine when she gone. I can't even do how he does it. He's tone deaf. So, and he's practicing the song. So I'm listening to this tone deaf asshole next door. And it's, it's horrible. Did you find the tweet? Yeah. So um, the tweet was, those who love their current private insurance, are you concerned about what will happen if you lose your job? And instead, of, it actually says private insurance because, of course, I made a typo and a tweet that people actually say. I didn't even notice you had typoed. That's so funny. Um, and, and this well, is I in response to the... Other people do what? This is in response to the debates. Um... And I also, real quick, want to apologize to everyone. Marine and I will talk over each other while we're when we do over the phone episodes because we can't see each other's faces. So I apologize for that for the listeners who that might be annoying to. But in any case, um, the uh, you were you sent this tweet out because you know we were wa- we watched the, d- the Dem debates, which at this point is like kind of like watching uh, your you know, a stand-up comedy, but you already know all the jokes, and it's, like, them telling the same shit over and over again. Like, literally... I felt like it was... Go ahead. I felt like it was, like, a reality TV show at times. But, yeah, I like your description better. Yeah, well, because don't... You... Their answers are... Have been... They're literally the same. So it's, like, listening... To the same thing over and over again. You're just waiting for somebody to like get shit on by another candidate, yeah. so we can so we can move on and get them eliminated. Yeah. It's yeah, it's like a rap battle. Um, and uh, in any case, but uh, you know, obviously, health insurance was a main topic, and literally everyone who all the detractors of Medicare for all are always like. Uh, but people love their private insurance and it's really frustrating because it's like, who likes their private insurance? So I feel like this was the impetus of your tweet, why you tweeted that out to your followers to be like, let's have a conversation. Yep. And, um, it's sad because I I think that most, well, most of the people that responded are afraid of losing their insurance. Um, very afraid. You know, many, many people said that their health insurance is the only reason that they stay at their job. Um, many people are terrified of their children being uninsured as well as them if they lose their job. Um, there's people who are on chronic medication or medication for chronic illness, especially, you know, the one you hear about a lot is diabetes um, because people will die if they can't get their insulin. They die from, they fucking, they just die. Like, we're going to have people dying on the street. Um, if we don't change something, um, and, and, uh, so anyway, and then the other thing that a lot of people talked about was going both financial life in ruins because of medical bills or people who had, um, retired or who couldn't retire, you know, or, you know, people who have retired and, um, were concerned about if, you know, if, and when, you know, in the event that you're, when you're older, when you start to have it's a really intense thread you have going on there um it's yeah. it's pinned to your page if anyone wants to go to marine's page and check it out just to like get an idea that you know yeah uh i mean you do have a lot of followers 
But we're not like, you know, uh, media journalists or anything like that. And people are so desperate and and not happy with their health insurance in the United States that we're, we're just talking about it with each other any chance we could possibly get just to feel like right. we're being heard. So it's really yeah. interesting. Um, and I mean, there was people in the thread that just came onto your thread to just be like, not even relation to the tweet, but they're just to share like their horror stories with their health insurance. It's really sad. Um, and, and really, who you would think of as like, you broke up there. You're uh, go, go ahead. You go ahead. You know, uh, one of my other favorite podcasts is, um, I have a lot of favorite podcasts, is uh, True True Murder with Dan Zupanski. And he interviews true crime novelists. Um, and basically my favorite part about it is that he exclusively does over the phone, uh, or they Skype anyway, and... Uh, and this is constantly a part of the podcast where the person goes, oh, no, no, oh, you go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Anyway, it's quite a rhythm. You never get used to it. And Dan Zapansky has been doing this podcast for like, you know, years. Okay. Like, I think it's been on since it was, it was on like blog talk radio. So if that gives you an idea for anyone who's like, really into been listening to podcasts for a long time if you were hosted on blog talk blog talk radio we're talking wow uh 10 15 years ago um podcasting like you know over 15 years ago podcasting that's what we're talking about anyway uh so yeah i just wanted to highlight that about your twitter feed um and i thought it was really interesting Though, uh, we should move on. Anyway, uh, you should rate and review our podcast, Two Hosts from Doco. That's how we get followers. That's how we get listens. And, um, if you have any, like, thoughtful things you want to say about our show that, and you're, like, somebody who likes doing that, then you should do that. Uh, and, uh, let's see. Er, uh, recaps. Last, our, our last podcast was a month ago, you know, Marie and I are very busy and like, even now, like I'm sick, you know, we didn't want to do over the phone, you know, we got a lot of shit going on. I make art. I got a lot of shit going on. Marie's getting ready to move, you know. Yeah. And my work is making me crazy. It's very busy. You will be working less since you won't be living right above it soon that'll yep, be good i am not gonna have the crazy schedule i have now thank god um, but i'm actually like in the process of training my replacement too so things are like really busy plus i have to train this person who is an excellent person i'm so happy that he's gonna be living here and doing this job because it affects everything he works in the practice mm-hmm. um and i think he's gonna do a great job but i just make sure that him you know thoroughly and accurately and yeah. um yeah, that's a pressure, but it's a good pressure. You know, I was, I read an article briefly on, I didn't, meaning I started to read the article, but I didn't read the whole thing, on uh, zoning and um, the, on the main line for housing. Yeah. 
because yeah. they're saying that people that work in the, um, you know, downtown areas of like Ardmore, like Bryn Mawr and stuff like that, uh, the service workers, you know, people who clean people's houses and all that sort of, sort of stuff can't afford to live there. And, and it's kind of unfair tax on the city of Philadelphia because there's more affordable housing in Philly than, than there are, than there is in the main line. And it's kind right. of due to like the zoning and how, because the main line wants to stay suburban. So they don't have apartments like, um, but they're, they're like starting to change that to allow like houses to open up to be apartments and stuff like that. send Bernie Sanders after him. So, uh, well, yeah, again to that, like other tweet, there was like, there was like a really sad story, uh, at one of, um, Bernie's town halls. I think it was in Nevada and it was an ex veteran. Um, I don't think they're a veteran. I don't think you say ex veteran. Anyway, they have, like, Hodgkin's lymphoma, I think it is. Um, they have some, uh-huh. some super, like, um, rare illness, debilitating illness. And the guy is so frustrated with his health insurance that he's at the point where he wants to commit suicide. And he literally came out and talked about that at, like, and it was really sad, you know, like, Bernie's like, you're not going to kill yourself. Stop it. You know, and... No. Yeah, and he's like, we're going to talk after today, but, and then, like, you know, uh, they, you know, spoke after the town hall privately, and I don't know, Bernie, what what can Bernie, I don't know, maybe he could do something to help him, but it's like, uh, this is how desperate our healthcare system is, something needs to change, it's, you know, Obamacare is, the Affordable Care Act is not fucking working for people who are sick. Like, I have Obamacare. I was happy, but, like, when I basically, well, my chest x-ray was covered, and so was my, so were my antibiotics. I, I do have to pay $50 a month for my insurance. It's an HMO, so it actually, there was a lot of, there was a little bureaucratic BS, like, trying to get to the doctor because I was sick, because my primary care physician didn't have an appointment open, and they had to, like, squeeze me in with someone else, so since somebody else saw me, then everything that they reported had to be reported to him so that he could report it to the other people so that I could get like a chest x-ray. And yeah, it was just like the bureaucracy of it all is insane. I also do have to pay a copay, but basically I had to pay 30 bucks, um, to get, uh, some antibiotics basically at the end of the day. It was, it was, you know, it's kind of, you know, and that's just for being sick. Like I can't imagine if you have cancer or you have a I, serious illness, like, what... I would not be able to afford cancer. Well, not only, even just affording it, but also, like, going through the bureau- bureaucracy of the system of the insurance companies. Yeah. You know, and yeah. not that, I mean, I... Their job is to deny your claim. Yeah. And also, yeah. um, 
you know, I'm sure there'll be kinks and mix-ups with uh, government, but if if there's some way to just streamline this whole kind of shit show, that would make everyone's lives better, you know? Right. Yeah. It really would. Um, um, and I mean, a major, major concern, too, like, this is one thing that is a concern, and I, I feel like it needs to be addressed, like, what happens to the people that are working at the insurance companies right now? Like, that's a lot of employees. Like, do they get hired into the new system like I don't you know like what I don't know that much about this plan and I think a lot of people are worried about losing their job because of you know I actually have a friend that works in health insurance maybe we can have him on and discuss this yeah talk about this we'll talk about healthcare in America and we'll have if he would like to come on that would be great yeah I mean I have talked to him about it and he explained things to me and but I can't remember but like it would be a it would be like a switcheroo basically um and it would take a it would take a long time but uh you know he he actually laid out a lot of detail that I actually think it would be interesting if we had him on but um uh obviously the health insurance companies that are in place now would be working with the government and right. it would just That's become government Anyway, uh, then uh, our recap, we oh, had wait, our podcast. You know what? What? I just would like to share one of the comments that was on this tweet about health insurance. Right? Yeah, insurance. sure. Um, so this woman, uh, her name is Kools, and it's at the old atheist Twitter. Um, she says that she works for the government. She has decent insurance. She says, I get an infusion for my RA every four weeks that costs $6,800. My insurance pays about half of what they allow. So every year, I still need to meet an almost 4000 out-of-pocket deductible. I worry every day that I'll lose my job. Wow. Yeah, see, that's the other thing. Our, the costs of care are higher in this country than anywhere else. And it's because, I don't know, they, they think they can get the money out of us? Like, what what is that? Oh, man. That's every scary. little bit. They want every little bit that they can fucking get. But Be- in profit. Because it's, it's a business. Driven. That's what people you need know, to understand. It's yeah. thing. Like, it's not driven by caring. It is dri- caring for people, caring for patients. The insurance industry is driven by profit. Like, you, I, I think that also some people think that they're doctors will change and that is not true my understanding is that like you would actually have more freedom to go to whatever doctor you wanted to go to oh yeah that's what bernie said he said that in the debates he said it would it would be like you can go to any doctor you want that's how it would work still being people being like i don't want to lose my my doctor my my provider's gonna change and like no like it's no your insurance provider will people wonder why bernie yells provider will not change people wonder why bernie yells it's because he's saying the same shit over (laughs) um yeah i mean it's it's really it's really incredible i guess also i mean shout out to another this one podcast i uh listened to is called the death panel so if anyone's listening um and interested in this conversation and are uh want to hear more about left-leaning politics within healthcare, the death panel is actually a podcast that's centered around um, uh, 
discussing the healthcare problems in the United States specifically. And they're um, artists, which is how I got into it, which I like. And um, there's uh, people on the Death Panel podcast. I don't remember everyone's names. I apologize for that. But it, there are people that are um, have a handicap. I believe w one of the people is dealing with cancer. I'm not sure what specific form it is. So these are people who are literally up in the guts of the healthcare system and um, understand how... Um, horrible it is in a very personal way so that's another thing that it adds another um knowledge and level and of experience to listening to what they have to say and their critiques of the system it's a really good podcast so um uh, the recap basically we discussed last time we discussed uh you know our potiversary we went through every topic from the last year Maureen and I don't get to meet that often, it, so we only had like 25 episodes to go over. It was a fun pod. We also did, yeah, again, we discussed the Dem debates last time, too. It's kind of like been our, our thing, because we're like Twitter hoes, so. Yeah. Um, and well, again, we're like 40, so that's what we do with Twitter. Yeah, I had my 38th birthday, so now I have to be 38 on here. Awesome. Happy Fucking depressing. Did you end up going camping and stuff? Yes, I, I did. I went camping. We went to right. uh, Shenandoah National State Park. Uh, National Park. Uh, and Where is that located? In Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's... It was, it was really uh, a nice weekend. It was beautiful. We were backpacking. That's the way I recommend it because there's not a lot of people. You're just there with your friends and um yeah I nearly though seriously even before this like walking pneumonia because I smoked for 15 years my lungs are shit so yeah I really don't feel it better though if you keep if you don't start again and I don't think you will no I'm done smoking I'll never start again I'm yeah. fairly confident in that but in any case and also hiking actually when you hike up with when you hike I hike regularly too I go to the Wissahickon here in Philadelphia a lot and when you hike regularly and it sucks and you can't breathe that's like a really great like you know don't smoke cigarettes you know um yeah. I would start running but I think running is stupid I can't get into that I don't, I, I just can't stand the high impact, any high impact exercise, I just hate it. It makes my ankles and knees hurt and my boobs Same. hurt and I don't like it. Same. And I ride my bike, you know, and I get yeah, a good, good shape. I get a good cardio from that. Uh, it's not as intense as it would be if you were running, but um, definitely, yeah, I don't, This. I'm with you. I have bad knees. I don't want to do that. Also, like. I don't enjoy feeling like I can't breathe constantly, which is what it would be like if I ran. So Yeah, I know. Anyway, I like uh, then on to, that was our recap, uh, racist confessions. Um, Maureen, uh, you should go first. I always have a hard time thinking of stuff from my life, just in general. Because you're not honest anything. with your own racism. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's been going on in life. Um, I guess, I don't know, I, I, is it racist that I call my Kamala Harris? What? 
Why is this? The speakerphone's not really working. What? Say it again. Okay, I just put you on speaker. I said, is it racist that I don't like Kamala Harris? Uh, no, I don't think it's racist that you don't like Kamala Harris, but it shows that you are a, a bit, uh, brainwashed by identity politics to the fact that you, to the point that you would think that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel bad that I don't like her because I feel like I should support a black candidate or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel guilty for supporting a older white male candidate and that's fucking retarded it's retarded to be me to feel that way well Um, it is racist that you assume bernie's an old white male because he's not he's jewish well he's jewish yeah that's true i mean that it's racist i I guess a lot of people say it though you know what i mean and it's fucked up it's them using yeah. identity poli- politics. It's centrists using identity politics against Bernie because they're afraid of his socialist, uh, democratic yeah. socialism. And that's yeah. like, I can, that's when I got in that fight with Roxanne Gay about that shit because she called Bernie an old white, white man. And I was like, yeah. he's oh, not. Fuck yeah, fuck her. Why don't you sell fuck more? You, Roxanne Gay. Why don't you like make more fucking money, you pop feminist piece of shit? Anyway. Uh, don't get me started. Why are you make more money? Make more money, bitch. Yeah, do yeah, b- go make more money, bitch. Anyway, yeah, I'm neoliberal kind. Like but whatever. Um, but no. And the thing is, it's coded. I see people call Bernie an old white man, and usually their politics are centrist or like somewhat left leaning. But really, they're not, they're not in it. Like they're not in for the Medicare for all. They're not in for the student canceling student loan debt. They're afraid of Bernie's agenda. So they just blast that he's a white man in order to like, you know, virtue signal that they're a good person and that's why they're not voting for him. But in the end, it's actually racist and really fucked up because you're also taking away uh, a lot of Bernie's heritage and who he is. And he's a Jewish man and like his family have been fucking through it. So shut the fuck up. Right. You know, right. and and these, <laughs> I feel like some of these people are like insisting that Joe Biden um, is not senile. What's that? Joe Biden is what? I said I feel like some of these same people insist that Joe Biden is not senile. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, I yeah, I mean Joe's dentures fell out during the debate. Even um, what? yeah. Joe Biden's dentures fell out during the debate. When? I like I didn't catch it, but the video, the clip is on on Twitter. You should you should look it up. And I was like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Um, but like, I forgot Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders' names. Um, wow. There was something they said the thing about the record player. Like, well, I was like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's messed up. Can you imagine him on stage with Trump? He would fucking chatter. Yeah. It's sad. I I hope someone, like a family member, says something to him and helps him out. Exactly. Like, I feel like it's fucked up that people, like, the the commentators after the debate were acting like he was fine and he did well. And we all just watched that not happen. And that's fucked up and, like, freaks me out. Like, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's proof that, you know, the... 
the media is just like fucking funded by you know rich people and they can't they yeah. they're obligated to them and can't say that shit yeah and so is our government which is why our government's fucked yeah but yeah, um and the DMC back to racist confessions I hold on I don't hold on I do I'm racist I'm racist like every day. Well, one of my, my recent racist confession, I have a couple. Okay. So one is, uh, Shane Gillis, you know, the Shane Gillis comedian that everyone's like, um, uh, he was just hired by SNL. Okay. He's a Philly comedian and he's racist. Like, like there's no, like people are like, no, it's comedy, man. Like, you know, uh, no, his stuff is like really fucked up and, um that's the thing like comedians need to talk about racism just like you and i need to talk about racist confessions on this because right. you you can't not talk about it right but i know that's why i'm i'm almost like think i created racist confessions for you marine so you can become well, a better person that was so kind. in any case um but like if you're talking about racism in your comedy like there's there need it's not like you just don't go like ha ha and racist thing ha ha that's not the way it works you kind of like talk about it in context to a point where there's like growth there's like a growth going on there's a conversation there's a uh dave Chappelle. i have some issues with i don't know i don't know i mean i love dave Chappelle, and i would say like the dave Chappelle show talked about racism yes absolutely because there was like there's a nuance to it. And even his recent stand-up, because people are shitting on Dave Chappelle's, uh, people are really, like, trying to cancel Dave Chappelle from his recent Netflix special. And I would Why say... Why now? Why? Well, I just it. you have to watch it. I did. Oh, you just watched it. Okay, so I think people are most upset about him, his transgender joke, where right. he was saying that he was trans, but he was trans race. Um, and he did a racist Chinese impression. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And the thing oh, is, <laughs> my issue with that is that it's blatantly misogynist because it's misogynist because he's focused primarily on trans women and it's pretty right. obvious in all of his trans jokes, he's talking about trans women. So we're talking about someone who's blatantly being misogynistic and as okay. a feminist like i'm like you know no dude like th this is a misogyny is like a fucking problem okay like so the fact that you're focused on trans women and you're not adding any nuance to the conversation about that and you're being completely blind to the fact that you're obsessed with trans women so obviously you have transphobia um and like how's that like adding to the conversation at all all you're doing is pointing out that you're transphobic in that joke and the other did thing you, is, what did you watch the thing after there's like an epilogue thing did you watch that no i didn't know it existed so i'm just i just found out i have to watch it i don't know if it will change your opinion or not like i'm mm -hmm. not saying it's like excusing what you're talking about but i feel like it shows that he is trying to grow about it well, and he did, even after that joke, say that his wife hated that joke. His wife is Asian. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. like, exactly. That's, like, another thing. But I'm just kind of, like, like, add on to the joke. Like, point out your own misogyny, 
for instance. Right. Like, for instance, right. it's obvious that you're being misogynistic, so point out your own misogyny. Like, even the complexity in which she talks about the Kevin Hart, like, his homophobia and, and um, misogyny yeah. and that joke that he talked about in the stand-up was more nuanced than, than the other one. Um, right. So, and, and again... It's not that comedians, are they allowed to make fucking mistakes and be human? Absolute fucking lutely. I'm not canceling yeah. Dave Chappelle. I mean, and also... I've a lot of fuck up And I said, yeah, whatever. I'm not, go ahead. Sorry. I respect Dave Chappelle, and I'm not canceling him. That's all I'm saying. And I'm just saying that would be my one thing, is that I felt like the trans jokes... And and from this special and the last special, I'm I'm like, come on. Like, you really need to, like look at yourself here and and then make a further nuance on this joke that like yeah you're you are allowed to talk about it you know it's part of being a comedian but take it to the next level and, and i feel like we're like learning how to talk about these things like we're absolutely still learning so it's gonna be like that like of course like and you're gonna have people that like just don't like the joke because it's a joke about asian you know, and then you're well, going to have people that say, well, you think you're allowed to make that joke because you're white Asian, but you're not allowed to make that but joke. But also, it equates, it equates transgenderism to, like, identifying as a different race, which is not even, like, doesn't even make sense. There's no mm-hmm. connection there. It's not, there's not a connection there. Like, identifying as a different gender is not the same as, like, being born white and identifying as black. Like, no one ever fucking, like, that. that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Well, it's not the same internally or, like, as far as, as like, what your family is and stuff. But, like, there is a component of transgender where, like, they all feel like they're in the wrong body. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's like their body, they were born in the wrong body. It's like, body so, dysmorphia. I mean, in a sense, like if you, yeah, body dysmorphia. So if you feel like you should have been black, like, in that, with the, what's on the outside, in that sense, like, it, there might be a connection. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, there really is no connection between, like, gender and race and, like, wanting to be another one. Like, that's just weird. Uh, yeah, I don't like, think the two things are the same. Like a human, I don't know. I don't think transgenderism and and first off, we there I don't like there's what do we have Rachel Dolezal like that's what we have for someone who um, identifies as a different race and I don't know if you ever saw like uh, Rachel's documentary. No. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, this is a white woman and and like she was a uh, she was actually a president of a chapter of the uh, NAACP. And, oh, and, um, I think I, you know who you're talking about. But she identifies as black, but she's not black. She's totally white. Right. I actually have seen this woman. Yes, I know exactly who you're fucking talking about. Yeah. Why? And, what is that? Well, that she identifies as black. And the thing is, she even has, like, a black father. It's, in a, it's a um, surrogate father. But again, uh, like, okay. again, it's kind of the same. Okay, so you hear black people are like, you can't identify as black because you didn't go through what it's like to be a black person. And also at the end of the day, when you grew up, your childhood, and also at the end of the day, you can take out your braids, you can take off your tan makeup and go out right. into the world as a white woman. We don't have that privilege as black people. Right. 
Right. Now, you can say the same thing to a transgender person that, right. uh, like a trans woman who was yeah. grew up with the privileges, let's say it's a white person who grew up the pri- yeah. with the privileges of being a white male their whole right. life. But the thing is, the reverse psychology of that is, is like, what if, let's put it this way, what if you were born... Uh, a, uh, a signed at birth female or wait assigned yet yeah, assigned at birth female and you're forced to be raised as a boy your parents didn't want a girl they wanted a boy and they forced you to be raised as as um, uh, a boy but you're you really knew that you were a girl this whole time like kind of like reverse it in that sort of sense like so would would that person then be accepted as a woman with throughout like the uh like for instance like feminist communities or like um you know you know women like well does she have a dick? woman no she doesn't have a dick so i mean honestly like the people who really would give a shit about what her gender is would just be like what's in your pants that's what you are so it would be that simple like you're well, like the, person was the point boy, is, dressed like a boy and got the privileges of a boy, but then was like, "No, I'm actually a girl. Look at my vagina, and I want to be." I don't. I don't know. The thing is, it's not. It doesn't matter what's in your pants. It's the social uh, context of the environment that you grew up in that people point to. That's. I it, understand it's that really, concept, but not. But a lot of the people who. A lot of people do. A lot of people do, and a lot of people who are transphobic care about what's like actually in your pants. And like, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Is all I guess all I'm trying to say. Yeah, that and that's like a cis privilege because I, I don't. I think that the pain of being forced to grow up as a gender that you don't identify is is equal to a what a girl has to go through just being raised in a misogynistic, patriotic, yeah, or a patriotic, yeah. uh, you're you, right. Yeah. You're like the, <laughs> I mean, the gender, yeah. it's the same, like they still have the same hardships that, uh, yeah. a girl has, even though yeah, they have their own. it's, yeah. it's kind of like a confusing point, but, it, um, no, it's not. I mean, it's not me. uh, so I mean, in, in that sort of way, yeah, I mean, the whole race with ra- racial, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a thing. And we don't have, I don't have enough, like, firsthand experiences. I know uh, from watching the Rachel Dolezal uh, documentary that a lot of black people are pissed off at her and are not accepting of her identifying as black. Um uh, and as, you know, a white person, I feel, like, really inadequate to be able to, you know, say whether or not I recognize what it would be like to be raised white but identify as black. And it would be, again, like, the same thing I just explained, like, a, a girl being forced to be raised as a boy but knowing that they were a girl and identifying as a girl. Right. And at the bottom line, when it comes to transgenderism, it doesn't matter what's in your pants. So wait, maybe, 
maybe Dave Chappelle is on to something with telling this racist Asian joke. Like if he identifies... I like that joke, actually. I like that joke. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, I was thinking the callback to um, the uh, the racism, like him pretending to be Asian, like, and that, it, it reminded me of Jerry Lewis's... Um, depiction in breakfast at tiffany's because jerry lewis played uh the asian landlord or something at breakfast in breakfast oh at god Tiffany. i do know what you're talking about oh geez, yeah. and when dave chappelle did that impression it literally to me was like he's doing jerry lewis from breakfast at tiffany's that's what i was thinking i don't know if he was like really calling to that but that's like one of a, a, a racist trope like that people call to all the time um also, uh, Shirley uh, McLean uh, playing like an Asian um, geisha. I forget what the hell um, the movie was. And they like tape back. They tape back her eyes to like make them look oh, Asian for the movie. I mean, even <laughs> even today we have um, Scarlett Johansson played a anime character. I for, I forget the movie. I don't know. I'm not oh. really. I should watch anime because i like actually i am watching one right now oh which one oh what is it called the anime we're watching demon slayer it's like contemporary one that's out right now um it's about this kid who is surprised a demon slayer um but i'm really enjoying it so far i like it oh cool it's not like super heavy or anything it's like it's just like entertaining but like there's just enough to like make you think about stuff but it's not like death note i have watched part of which i i love it and i want to finish watching it but um that one was like heavy mm -hmm. uh, some of them i know are pretty heavy at so, the like, end of the day Stone that we were watching. at the end of the day there's a home for all these misfits um when it comes to what, i feel like I feel like for anyone, not for, uh, I'm not talking about being transgender as a misfit. I'm talking about this, like, gray area we're talking about now that Dave Chappelle brought up in his stand-up that we're, like, on, the, we're, like, whoa, what, you know, what is this? Um, this racial dissonance, dissonance? I don't know if this okay. is a term. Um, and uh, it's the home, I believe, are for these people are with the juggalos. I feel like juggalos... Juggalo culture is where uh, I feel like this whole racial dissonance makes a lot more sense to me. What do you mean by that? Well, and the, yeah. fa the fact that they paint their faces like clowns, so, yeah. uh, and they have these, like, weird, this, they, they do cornrows and they have braided hair, so it's kind of like an appropriation of black culture, but it's combined with, like, also face painting, and, uh -huh. but the whole culture of the juggalo is, like, literally just, like, you know, let's just drink some, what is it, fro-yo, what's that orange soda they drink? I have no idea. I don't know that much about that. Um, takes some ecstasy, MDMA, whatever. And it's all about smoking weed and partying and love and, you know, carnivals and listening to Insane Clown Posse. And all is love. Every, everyone's everyone's home. Everyone's welcome in the Juggalo family. So maybe wow. anyone who's feeling racial dissonance maybe needs to, like, look into the juggalo culture that's my opinion. so like basically they're just like painting their faces and being like it doesn't matter what you look like we're all clowns 
We're all clowns. Yes, like it doesn't matter how you look. Like we just all look like that. That's cool. Clowns. I, you know, thank you because I really had zero appreciation for the jugglers, and I didn't know what it was about. So you definitely there's your racist confession. I mean, if it counts like that, it's 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 um, you know. No, my racist confession. My racist racist confession, no. My racist confession is Shane Gillis, who was uh, just hired by SNL, who is a fucking racist, who does tell really dumb jokes, not like jokes like we're talking about with Dave Chappelle, where we just had this like 20 minute conversation about racial dissonance, where he makes just dumb fucking jokes, dumb fucking racist jokes that don't take you to the next level at all. And uh, Shane Gillis, and he's from Philly, And I actually, he, my racist confession is he followed me on Twitter and I followed him back. So that's my racist confession. I, I was like, I, when he followed me, I was like, I actually was kind of like, I think this guy is like a douche. Like I would not like his stand up or anything, but I didn't like watch any of it. And I kind of thought I had met him before too. And, and then I was like, but he's a part of like the Philadelphia comedy scene. So I feel like, you know, I should follow him back. Um, mm-hmm. So I did follow him back. And then I was like, I'll wait till I see some tweets from him. And then I'll like really get a feel yeah. for what this guy is. And I never did. I never saw any tweets from him. And then I saw this SNL thing pop up. And I was like, is that that guy who I thought might be, like, a racist, homophobic piece of shit? And I followed him anyway. And I went and I was like, oh, my God, it is. And I immediately unfollowed him because I was afraid people would see that I followed him. Because he only has, like, (laughs) he only has, like, 400 followers or something. I immediately unfollowed him. So anyway, that's my, that's my racist confession because that's really like how racism and racist piece of shit people propagate online is like dumbasses like me who are kind of like, oh, well, I don't don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You're a part of this scene. I'm going to let you in. Um, and, and and then, you know, that's how the, their doctrine, you know, whatever. And it's kind of the same, like, what is SNL even thinking hiring a dude that is so openly racist? I don't even fucking know. He does look like he, like, you see the shot of him. He looks like an SNL cast member. I mean, that's why they hired him. Let's just like put it, put it out there that SNL fucking sucks. And they really are just hiring people by being like, oh, this looks like what our cast has been like for like 30 years. Like they're just hiring people based on looks. And that's why accidentally cis white racist dudes are getting hired because guess what like that's our culture that's what we're living in um cis white dudes cis white ladies like me fucking racist um also in addition to my racist confession as a recap of racist confessions that uh, remember when I was saying I have a, a bunch of people that I work with uh black women and there's like a Tarae uh there's a Teray, there's a Tanisha, and there's a Tamisha. And um, we had a new hire, her name's Jamika, and Jamika's really great, excellent, cleaner. We have fun working together. But I, when I met her, I was like, saw, you know, I just saw her name. I mean, I think she introduced herself to me too, but we were just cleaning together. And I was like, all right, Jamika, uh, nice being with you. See you later. And she went, thank you for saying my name right. 
So I'm just confirming that it was, I was like, because uh, her name's not hard to say at all or anything, but I think it yeah. is a thing with black people that they're fucking annoyed with white people who can't say their names. Like, it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I definitely picked up on that. Um, and uh, what, was that? what was the next thing? Actually, that was, I was kind of, I'm kind of praising myself there. I'm virtue signaling. I got props for saying a black person's name correctly, and I just podcasted about it. <laughs> you also want to touch her hair. <laughs> can I, thanks, Jamika. can I touch your hair? <laughs> it's beautiful. How do you do that? You know, I like wigs, too. But for cosplay. Yeah, no, see? <laughs> it's like, a, I'm like white girl, like desperately trying to make a connection. Like, no. Um, uh, Aziz Azari, Azari, whose stand-up I would never watch. I've never watched. But I've heard someone tell retell a joke of his. Talks about white people, like, virtue signaling, where to the point where they, it's like playing a video game to them. Like, um, you know, oh, I held a... Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I, the points, yeah. Yeah, the points, like getting, like, Mario Brothers gold points or whatever. Um, so. And and they're not wrong. But, you know, whatever progress we need to take, um, we, should, we should take that step. So, gold points. Gold points. Points for me. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, so now that we've been talking for an hour, let's get into our yeah, topic. Yeah, let's get into the topic. Um, so, okay. I want to say that I really love this article. It's by Natalie Beach, who was the ghostwriter for Carolyn Calloway. The cut, too. The cut, I think the cut is associated with the New York Times. It's like their, like, um, feminist column. Uh, it's okay. pretty, it's pretty, oh, it is. Yeah, it's from The New Yorker. Honestly, I don't really take this column very seriously. Every once in a while, I'll read articles on it when they come up on my um, timeline. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of trashy. Uh, and I think it is like about a feminist kind of bent. The last time we did talk about the cut on this podcast when um, Elizabeth Warren wrote an article. Oh, wait, did she write that article on Medium, actually? Which is even more pathetic if she wrote it on Medium. <laughs> but anyway, it was about, um, she was saying she identifies with Daenerys Targaryen, Elizabeth Warren, and saying like uh -huh. that she was like her, which was hilarious because it was right before the season finale oh where Daenerys Targaryen went apeshit and killed That's everybody. Funny. <laughs> I did not like you cannot write this shit like seriously anyway um so this article is about when carolyn calloway first started her uh instagram and it and it's very well written it's i mean natalie is a very talented writer and should go on to write her own memoir because even because um the basically the the impetus of the this is the, that's the second time I've used this word. It's like, I'm really proud that I just learned it or some shit. Um, but anyway, is about, uh, Carolyn Calloway writing a memoir based off her Instagram fame, which is how she's able to leverage a really big book deal. The book deal was like $375,000 or something like that. 
And we're also talking about a relationship where the leverage is like Carolyn Calloway is wealthy. Natalie is not. Uh, so entering into this friendship, there's like a weird dynamic. Um, there's somebody who's paying for things more than the other person. Uh, Natalie at one point um, is like, or Caroline at one point offers Natalie a cleaning job for her apartment, which I really identified with because I've had, as someone who cleans houses, I've had personal acquaintances and friends like and family actually ask me to clean for them and it is uh-huh. it is really uncomfortable like what pe- a person who's cleaning houses who's a creative is somebody who's just trying to like you know pay the bills like it is yeah. this is like a day job for me and it's really insulting when you if you ask me to do that for you and, right. and especially if you're like close friends with someone that really fucks with the dynamic because when you're cleaning for someone, I mean, it is, let me tell you, I'm not sugarcoating this shit. Cleaning houses is subservient. It yeah. is, it is the, yeah. the base, the shittiest job. Okay. Uh-huh. And you also, when you clean for someone, see the worst of them when you're, right. cleaning, you're seeing the worst of people. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm like I'm judging people like people like can't even like clean their toilet just a little fucking bit within two weeks and it's like shit sprayed I actually like there's some people I clean for that I want to be like what is your diet like because no seriously like my toilet does not fucking look like this like get like that (laughs) yeah Like, so what are you fucking eating? Like, something's wrong with you. Like, your toilet should not be like this. And, and I'm like, like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, personal shit. And, and actually, Natalie did go into detail about, like, um, when she asked her to clean her place for her because she was having an Airbnb, Caroline. And it was, like, disgusting. She was supposed to rent the apartment from her. And then yeah. she decided that she was going to do Airbnb so she, so Natalie could clean the apartment instead of live in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, I mean, I can't get back. But there's, like, details. Like, the apartment was fucking disgusting. There was trash left there for weeks. And, like, to, to me, I was like, Carolyn, Caroline, you piece of shit. Like, you left, like, trash in your apartment for your friend to, like, fucking pick up yeah, after. Yeah, that has been sitting there for three weeks. Like, that's yeah. disgusting. Like, yeah. you're leaving, like, that's, like, not even cool. Because there's, like, if you're, treat, if you're, um, fucking trash is sitting for that long, there's maggots in there. Yeah, ew. Uh, you're, so you're, and, and the fumes, you're, you're having your friend breathe in that shit. You're a piece of shit person to leave that for your uh, friend. Sorry, that really pissed me off. Um, yeah, fucked up. A lot of it pissed me off. The, and the thing is, it reminded me, and well, in any case, there was also like, there's so much of it that spoke to me from other, I've had past toxic female relationships, and it was almost set up exactly like this. Like, what it is, it's like, you have a friend, I feel like the the power dynamic is off, like when you, you, like, if your friend's more wealthy than you, because they pay for shit for you. They, yeah. they want to do things that you can't do because you can't afford yeah. that. Um, and then when they pay for things for you, they if the person is a sociopath or mentally ill or anything like that, which has happened to me, they hold that shit over your head. 
Yeah, people, I had a friend that really held everything over my head that she did, and she would be like, I do everything for you. That's like, yeah, they emotionally manipulate you in that way. Like, they, and it's like set up in that way, and that I could tell that Caroline was doing that with her friend. Like, she was like, oh, well, here's this person that I could use, because for the longest time, um, before even the book deal, Natalie was just ghostwriting for Caroline on her page. And it wasn't even like yeah. a thing. Now, here's the other thing. Is Natalie an idiot getting into this? No. Natalie knew what she was getting into. Like, so I don't, I'm not saying, and I don't, I think Natalie was very transparent about it in the article that she was using Caroline yeah. as much as right. Caroline well, not as much, actually, because Natalie was getting, like, terminally fucked, whereas Caroline's just, like, a shit show, and it seems like someone's paying, like, she must have, her parents must be paying for shit, like, or, or you know, from a wealthy family, because she seems to, like, always land on her feet in that sort of way, where a yeah. poor a poor person, that's not how it works if you're poor. You're yeah. not going to fucking land on your feet, like. Yeah. Um... There was also the other funny thing that everyone was talking about, like, like little socio, like I think Caroline's my, my professional diagnosis, <laughs> I'm not a professional, uh, of this from this article is that what we have here is a symbiotic relationship, um, where, you know, it's two people in close proximity that are feeding off of each other. And gaining, it's like a parasitic relationship they're gaining off of yeah. each other. But uh, we have, the difference is, is that Caroline is a sociopath. I don't think she's just mentally ill. I think that she does not have empathy for other people. And I think that uh, she solely cares about herself and furthering her career. Which is, and my point, my psychological profile is based on the point is that she lies. To yeah, make I mean, it was blatantly look obvious that she was acting only in her own self-interest and in a manipulative mm -hmm. way. Really, she, this is also addict behavior. Using addicts, like, get mm -hmm. this kind of fucked up. I don't know That's what she's okay. like, or if, I don't know anything about her. Like, I don't know if she is clean now. Like, I don't know. I don't know what she's like. Nothing. I have no idea. I would say she's not clean now because she just did that whole scam thing. But, um, oh, she... Oh, that recent? Yeah, the scam was recent. Yeah. Oh, I thought, see, I thought, when I was reading it, I thought it was, like, a lot of stuff from years ago. Okay. No, like, when this, still, like, being crazy. This article is from years ago. But okay. the scam is recent, which is probably how Natalie got interest from the cut to write this story, this backstory about her. Right. Because the scam okay. is recent. But, um, gotcha. but yeah, Caroline really fucked Natalie out of a lot of fucking money. And because she was going to get 35% and time because right. she wrote like, she thought she was working for money. Like yeah. she thought she was in a business deal working for money and she wasn't like, that is really fucked up. And like, literally like bad. all of her friends though, and her family told Natalie, like, this is a shit show. You shouldn't participate in this. Yeah. You shouldn't do this. Natalie knew, but I love the, and here's the thing. Here's the point. Um, because I actually think sociopaths are really good at getting ahead uh, because they're really good at mirroring people. Um, yeah. They're excellent at, like, for instance, the way that uh, Caroline, um, Natalie describes this in the article several times, the way 
Uh, and I've seen, I've actually went to Carolyn's Instagram and seen it literally happening. So beware people like this. Uh, she compliments uh, Natalie, like to the point, yeah. you know, they, they prop you yeah. up. And yeah. they're, they're people yeah. that prop you up in a way that, you know, you th that makes you feel like, you know, euphoric or, you know, great yeah. about yourself and also like thinking that they really like you and really care about you because they have all uh -huh. these like sentimental, really nice things to say to you. But that's, yeah. that's what sociopath people do. Normal yeah. people don't, aren't going to like talk to you like that. Like, right. I mean, you and I have been friends for like 20 years and I love you. And also I do like prop you up, but it's not like this, like artificial, yeah. like it's, I, it's hard to describe when it happens. I mean, it's not, yeah, no, I'm, it's, manipulative behavior is what it is. It's yeah. just, just manipulative. Um, did things you, to get you to do certain things that they need and want. And that's what people do. And, you know, that's... Um, like when Caroline heard this article was being written about, like her post was like, this article is going to happen and it's going to be so great because Natalie is such a wonderful writer and I just want you to know that Natalie is like so talented and blah, 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 blah. Like literally like doing this same exact thing. And honestly, all yeah. it is is to leverage sympathy from everyone. It's so manipulative. Yep. It's so fucked up. Yep. Like a normal person, like for instance, who is not a sociopath, who is hearing that someone's writing this Do article... Um, who has sympathy, but also is just a normal fucking human being with emotions would be like, yeah. this bitch yeah. is writing about our personal fucking well, lives to make some money and profit off my, um, life going to shit. Like, fuck them. That's what a normal person. Happen. What's that? She must have known it would eventually happen. She was like a little Oh no, she, she did. Natalie let her yeah. know that she was writing the article. She knew it was going to be published. I mean, since she started the fuck, like, since she fucked her over, like, she probably knew at some point that this was going to come out, that she who, told people I don't know. and fucked her over. I don't, who knows with these people? Maybe. I, you don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, I feel like, for me, too, as, like, I'm, like, a creative person, I'm doing a bunch of shit, right? I've had issues with friendships, and even in our friendship. <clears throat> where yeah. I feel like people feed off like my and take advantage of my creative energy, which is something that I really identified with in this article because like Caroline doesn't have, can't write like she can't write to the, the this Natalie, like this article is like, you can't put it down. Like you want to keep reading it. That's a good writer. Like I can see why she wanted her to be her ghost writer, but like she could never, you, you just can't, that's talent. You can't copy that. And, right. and it's like just an example, like she was like sucking that energy from her. And she's also so insecure about her own talent that since this article has come out, she has written, um, she has, she's been doing these posts, which are a collection of posts of art. And she's like, these are ones that I wrote. So it's these like obsessive collections of art of posts that she's like, I wrote this, um, yeah. <clears throat> to be like, I'm a good writer. Um, and it's like, no, you're not. You were, you're just like good at mirroring people. You're good at faking people out on being this person and on social media, you can get away with that. But mm -hmm. in real life, like what, how you fucked over this person and this friendship, you can't get away with that.
Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, I've been through that where I just have someone like just suck the creative energy out of me and, uh, and I see them profit off of that. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's so fucking crushing there. I call them succubuses. That's their succubi. That's just the way it is. Um, well, that's, I mean, it's, it's, that's what they're doing. They're sucking stuff from you. Um, and, well, and I'm saying, I said it, like, in our friendship, like, yeah, you're, like, you, like, you and I, I'm not, it's not the same. It's, like, I'm saying with my creative energy is just that you don't match my level of output. Um, no. No. And, and so in that sort of sense, I sometimes like resent you because, um, you pull it out of me. Yeah. And I resent you for that. Like I, I'm like, (laughs) what? You you pull it out of me because you want it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because like, um, like I believe in you artistically and also like, yeah. And also you're like a muse to me because I feel like, uh, uh, there's just something about our friendship that brings out a certain sense of humor uh, that is just would which you can't tell in this um, particular episode. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like that you can't <laughs> like I, I no one else brings that out of me. And same for you. Like it's just like yeah, part of, not the same. With um, yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, it's like reciprocal in that sort of way. But yeah, and I'm just saying you're not like sucking the energy out of me. That's not what I was saying. In our and we've been friends for a long time and there's been times where like we've had issues with our friendship and it's become toxic because like one mm-hmm. or both of us is like sick. You know? Yeah. Like when well, I'm drinking, like it's a lot of toxicity. Yeah, and I actually that's like another thing um I related with this is like and not just with you. I've had a number of friends in my lifetime that have um, drug and alcohol problems. It's just a part of, you know, your 20s, I feel like, too. Not to, like, um, not to belittle it, that it's, like, uh, it's actually worse than that. For that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not just your 20s, is my point being. Like, addiction doesn't yeah. go away when you turn 30. Right. Um, yeah. But my point being is that I, like, you're not the only friend that I went through with this. And I do see a lot of the things being on the other side, like of someone who has like mania, someone who has drug, pro- drug and alcohol problems and what they do, they'll use anybody. They'll do anything to just chase that, like feel good, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, when yep. you, when you were drinking, you were like that. And that's all I care about. I was a yeah. horrible person. And unlike there does there it does have to be a point um, being friends with someone like that where you like there's you can't help the person and you do have to like step back, which you is have to. it's really hard to do like because yeah. it feels like being a shitty friend. Yeah. Um, and maybe it is. I'm not any expert over here no, on not, friendship. No, actually, but you're, supposed to, you're supposed to cut the person off. You have to take care of yourself. You know, yeah. before you get your plates stolen, your Yale plates are stolen. No. Right. And, well, and like the other thing is you can't, you literally, like, you are not going to be able to help that person until they're ready. Like, until they want to be helped. And the more you push, like, you really kind of need to just let the person go and, 
and experience what it's like to be like a total, like totally alone and to suffer and see what is really happening because of their addiction. Because like, if their behavior doesn't have consequences, then it's not going to change. Um, the funny thing about this thing, which it's a funny part of the article when, um, so also again with sociopaths to watch out for is like you ever meet if you're if you're making new friends with a girl and uh she cries at like a gift you gave her because it's like just touches her so much fucking run for your life that's like because i that's another thing where i can't stand it i'm sorry this girl's a sociopath because you don't cry like on cue like that nobody like there's there's a lot of shit's got to go down before you're going to be crying with your friends i'm sorry it's it and that's just across the board i I, you know anyone who cries at the drop of a hat is um manipulating you and uh the it was uh that you know uh whatever carolyn calloway has obviously has a um ivy league school fetish and uh she got rejected from yale but uh natalie's from the uh hartford connecticut area new haven is that what it is anyway um and had her mom found plates out front and yale plates and she like gave the plates to caroline as a gift and on the back on the back i think it said fuck it she wrote fuck it on um in sharpie and then randomly you know uh uh caroline said the plates got stolen from our apartment and and that was for natalie that was like the first point in their relationship where she was like she's totally lying like yeah who would like break into an apartment um, and, and again, she said that, like a ring got stolen and then she saw her wearing the ring later. Yeah. And also though, like, um, why? Yeah. Like why lie about that? Yes. I feel like she, did she just want attention for a place to get broken into? Because if it was that she sold them, like if she sold the plates, uh, who would, who would buy, I don't know, right. people buy those plates? I don't know. I, and if she sold the plates, wouldn't she have sold the ring that she lied about being stolen too? Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, like, we're, I guess she just, like, fucking threw them out because she's a con. I don't know. Or maybe oh my the reason God, is, you think she threw them out because she's a... she couldn't look at them because she didn't get accepted to EL, so she fucking threw them out. Or maybe she was, like, jealous that it was jealous. such a cute, um, like uh cute gift or something like a cute sentimental gift like creative gift she was so jealous yeah. she threw them out yeah i don't know she but, threw but them yeah, out she, she fucking threw them out. out and she threw them out or she just got mad at her at the person <gasps> yeah like, she just got mad at natalie and fucking threw them across the room like i've known people who have done shit like that and lied about it for years for years this is this is like totally what happened to the plates. Yeah. Uh, that's some psychotic shit too. Because she got secret mad at Natalie. That's right. the worst. That's like, like secret rage mad. Yeah, like I mean, you don't want to be friends with someone who's secret rage mad getting mad at you and then like you see them and you're like, Oh hey. I'll tell you what, being my friend, what I always tell people is good about being my friend. You will know when I'm mad at you. I don't do that shit. Yeah, that's true. And I have to say, female relationships, that that happens all the time. 
Women are mad yeah. at each other all the time and they do not tell the person. Because you're not supposed to show anger when you're a woman. Like, I have a really hard time showing anger. I, I hate conflict. I hate it. Have you been mad about me um, behind my back? No, because you always address it. Oh, yeah. And you hate it, too. I can... I, it's really hard... I do hate it. I, it's really hard getting in fights with you because, first off, I mean, fights do happen. I am, when I'm pissed off at someone, I very openly tell them I'm pissed off at them. But you know what? The downfall on that is, like, I say some really shitty things. And I'll, I'm, like, coming out with that. Like, that's right. fucked up because I will say some mean shit. And, like, that's not cool. Like, hurting someone's feelings like that. Um... And, but just being so candidly is, it's very dangerous, slippery slope. But then on the other hand, I feel good about it because I, I don't like, like feeling or thinking these things about you and not telling you about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm like, I'm like, first of all, like, no, you're not supposed to think that, like, or whatever. Like, I just, I like shove it down. I will, and you know, and if someone did that to me, I think it it would hurt my feelings. If you came out and told me some shitty things you were thinking about me, it would hurt my feelings. There's definitely, you know, a middle ground that should be reached. That you know, um, but I'm trying to think if like I ever like like was pissed off at a present you gave me. Um, I would say the staple present you gave me, and I actually have always cherished it and still have it, is you got me a cigarette case in high school with my name engraved on the back. Cool. Which I still have somewhere. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if I ever gave you a sentimental present. I also have the pumpkin head. Wait, did it? You, the pumpkin head, uh... Ashtray, didn't you give that to me? I must have, but I don't remember this. There's a problem. Oh my you, god, you I have, had it forever. Do you still have it? No, I don't have it anymore. I don't know what happened to it, but I had it forever. Oh shit. Um oh I mean I lost a lot of stuff when I moved out of my one apartment. You know what? I still have um this that there's a conch shell that we uh -huh. found on the beach together when we went to go watch the sunrise and you gave it to me. Uh -huh. I That's still have adorable. it. I still have it. Aww. Mm -hmm. That was in high school. These little touchstone friendship presents, like the Yale plates, are really important to a friendship. Which is yeah. why what Caroline did was so fucked up. Yep. Fucking hell. Um, there was another part of the article that totally reminded me of something you and I went through. Um, when they were in Amsterdam... And yeah. so they're in Amsterdam and uh, they're at a bar getting drunk. The bartender's hitting on them. There, we do need, we should touch on, let's touch on this real quick. The other dynamic in female um, friendships, and these are people, people are saying, people are saying Natalie is coming out as queer for writing this article because she's obviously attracted to Caroline because she talks okay. about in the article how Caroline is more attractive than her. And there's like this dynamic there of jealousy because whatever. Now, sure, that's that's queer. Um, I do think that every like women are attracted to each other and are still either gay or straight or bi. But yeah, I think I think I you could be straight and be attracted to your friend. 
Um, yeah. And you can think your friend's beautiful, and like magnet has magnetism. There was actually nothing really that I felt was sexual about her description. Uh, yeah, people were talking, discussing on Twitter about it, but I'm just like, I'm like, I, I like, not that I'm being homophobic. I'm just saying that there's an intricacy in female friendships that are that is about the way that we look because that's yeah. you know the way women get attention in this misogynistic, you know, patriotic, a uh, patri- oh yeah, <laughs> patriotic. Oh my fucking god, why can't why am I mixing those words up tonight? Anyway, um, uh, uh, what is the fucking word? Patriarchy. Patriarchy. Um, anyway, so, I mean, there is, like, a dynamic there. Also, there's another thing. When you're having sex, okay, when, or when you're masturbating, you are touching and responding to your body. Okay. Right. So, like, guys are turned on, straight men are turned on by dick. Okay. Because they are, okay, I feel like I'm like, because they are thinking about fucking, like, and their dick is a part of that equation. So, men are turned on by their own penises. Yes. Women like their tits. Like, you know, we like Mm -hmm. to feel our tits. We like to masturbate. We're like touching our pussies masturbating. Like, you know, so, um, for, I'm just saying like, everyone's queer and we really, I'm not, okay. Not everyone's queer. You can't say that. Yeah. But, um, I'm just saying like, there's, there's a, it's a lot more complex than that. But with the, 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 with female relationships and I've had this too, and I've had this with you, with every female friend that I've had is am I as attractive or more attractive than my friend or you know and if my friend's like attractive I'm totally jealous and and intimidated by them um and I've had relationships with other girls that where it's I'm obviously more attractive than them and there is sort of more of a leverage because you're you're knowingly more attractive um conventionally than the other girl like I mean, this is true. This is like a female uh-huh. dynamic. And Natalie very openly talks about it in this article being like, I've always felt yeah. like like um, uh, Caroline is outwardly more conventionally beautiful than I am. And yeah. I've always felt sheepish next to her because of that. And all, also already like, you know, inferior because of, of her, the attention that she gets and, and, how she's outwardly and conventionally pretty. So, um, what was that? Is your battery going to die? No, I'm actually eating goldfish. I'm really hungry. We, we have to wrap it up kind of soon. I have to go back to work. Yeah. Um, let's do, let's do, uh, just 10 more minutes. Wrap it up in 10 minutes. Yeah, perfect. Um, but so in any case, she's very open about it. And this one point they're at a bar in Amsterdam, Amsterdam on vacation together. And there's a, uh, the bartender's feeding them free drinks. Caroline's there. It's kind of like, Natalie's like, oh, I think he's hitting on you. And Caroline's like just talking up Natalie, being like, no, 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 whatever, blah, blah. And, you know, Caroline has a Swedish boyfriend, whatever. She's not interested. And she wants to go, she's tired and she wants to go home. And Natalie's like, okay. So she goes, Natalie tries to hook up with the bartender. He's like, oh, we could fuck in the bathroom. But, you know, uh, and the bathroom's like, yeah, it was like really gross. 
And so she was like, no, not doing this. So then she leaves and goes back to the place. She's pounding on the door. She's calling Caroline. She can't get in. Caroline's dead asleep. And she has this heart. She does like, like goes through this horrible night that she went through that she can't get a hold of Caroline. She's calling her or whatever. Yeah. I'm trying. And um, then like whatever so she gets in. For the night in another country. Yeah. And people are, there's a, there's a dynamic of people who are like, whatever, Natalie should have been a grown up and, uh, you know, gotten the keys or, you know, you don't know that situation, but she should have gotten the keys or, yo, you should have realized like you're on your own. Once you made that decision to stay at the bar to hook up with the bartender, you're on your own. Whereas, um, Caroline is not to blame. She was the responsible one and wanted to go home. Now, me, I'm on the side of the people who are like, no, Caroline is fucked up. I would never... Watch out for your friends. You gotta watch out with, for your fucking friends. And especially as a woman in a foreign uh -huh. fucking country, the fact that Caroline did, yeah. did that, she's a cunt. Like, you don't do uh -huh. that. You don't do that to your yeah. fucking friends. Okay? Now, okay, these but might be... <clears throat> now, these might be New Yorker uppity bitches that we're talking about here, but... Two hoes from Delco, in Delco, what you do when you go out with your girlfriends is you don't fucking leave them at the bar to fuck in the bathroom or have a one night stand with some dude. You just don't fucking do that. And not without you go with provisions. Them to the guy's house. You either go with them to the guy's house, you you are aware that the situation is happening and you're like, you need to keep in touch with me. Like if this was right. you and me, I would have been like, first off, I probably would have yelled at you and not been uncomfortable with it. I would not have been comfortable with it. And then if you were being a real pushy cunt and were like, no, I'm doing this. And Beth, like, stop being such a lesbian towards me and not letting me go and fuck this dude. Then I would have been like, okay, um, well, you need to call me. We would have set something up where I had to make sure that you were okay. Um, now, I would say on the other side, you are not like that with me. You're not as protective as I am. No. I'm not like that with anyone. Yeah. I'm very like, like it's your own decision. You yeah. Know, to do what you want to do. So you're more but like still, Caroline. I still would want to know where my friend is. And if we were in another country, like that would be a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's a whole different country. The other thing too, was Caroline sleeping or was she just being a cunt? Right. Like, how do you sleep that deep? Like, especially in your 20s. Like, I don't... Who sleeps that deep? Oh. Um, it reminded me of a time that you and I, when we were in L.A., and um, we were staying with... It was, like, a couple of your college friends... Trip to to like meet friends who had moved out there. Me, I was actually just tagging along. I remember you were planning this trip, and I we were living together at the time. And I was just like, I want to go to LA, even though I'm not friends with your group of college friends. I was like, I want to go to LA. I'm tagging along. Um, good thing because the one night we were all hanging out, and they were tired and wanted to go back to the hotel room. And we were like, oh, okay, we're hanging out a little bit more. But what, I don't know why we didn't have a key. I think there was only one hotel room key. Yeah, there was like only one key. So, right, so they went back to the room. And why didn't we the insist door. taking like, the key? Oh no, I think they padlocked the door. Like, <gasps> they that's the what it was. That's what it was. That makes it even more fucked up. Down. It was horrible. And we, we were, 
having me at another hotel room, I was so fucking mad. I've never fought with the, the, the girl that, like, the one girl. Oh, that's that's the other thing I was going to say. The, I, like, ripped, I fucking, like, ripped the door open. I, like, fucking, like, pushed her. I made her pay for the hotel room. <laughs> we're good. Me and her are good. Yeah, but you, but the thing is, we were knocking on the door so loud that the people mm-hmm. next door came out of their room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. when we had to leave because we were like, oh, we're waking up everyone else in the hotel. Like, mm-hmm. so me, I was kind of like, and you know how I felt about these friends. I was like, they were, they heard us and they were just being, just being cunts. Women do this to each other, people. Just be cunts. This is a thing. Look, you think they were dead asleep, Marine. If you really felt that way, why did I see you literally tackle? You fucking tackled them. Oh my God. You guys are wrestling. You were wrestling on the ground. You were pulling hair. By the way, you. I actually thought it was. I believe that could be by accident. I was still that mad. Because I don't give a fuck because you just don't do that. Yeah, you just don't do that. But um, you, by the way. We got a hotel room and we made them pay. Yeah, you you made them pay for it. It was fucking cool. It was awesome. I was so proud of you. And you also won that fight. You beat the shit out of her. I mean, you didn't beat the shit out of her. No. But you dominated. Fucking. You fucking dominated. So. It was the most pathetic fight ever. That's not what I remember. You, you like ran at her like a bull. You ran at her like a bull. And you like ran at her in a bull, like a bull. You tackled her to the point where you that you guys fell off the bed. Then there was rolling around. You were pulling hair. And then I think at that point we were there was other people. We were trying to break you guys up, and we we broke you guys up. And you were just so fucking mad. And you were like, "You're fucking paying for the room." Like this is. And then and uh, she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna okay. I'll pay for the room." Like, um, being like, I think they were like shocked. You were so angry. I mean, I would be too. I've like literally never seen you. Like, I would never be afraid that you were going to beat me up. I've never seen you. I mean, you and I have gotten into a physical fight before and I like hit you across the face really hard and begged you to hit me and you wouldn't even fucking do it. You wouldn't even hit me. So I was, I was just so shocked when you did that. But just the just the raw emotion of what it's like to be locked out of a hotel room, um, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. right here within right female toxic relationships. This is what it is. But um, so these New Yorker types might end the scene, which is the way that the 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 scene ends that Natalie is crying on Caroline's lap. And Caroline's like petting her hair, telling her, "I would, I'll never leave you alone again. I'll never let you." Yeah. Whatever. So that's how the loving scene sort of ended there. Well, you know, that's not how we do it. That's not how we do it in Delco, though. If if you're gonna lock us out, when we get back in that room the next day, if you're a cunt and you stayed asleep the whole time, you're gonna get knocked out. Okay, and then you're gonna pay for our room. If anything, it speaks to like me and our relationship. (laughs) I definitely did not hold back. Yeah. yeah. 
No, actually, it, recovery time on that was incredible. It was like literally a matter of sixty seconds. I like I we I went on with the trip. It was fine. Why guys do that? What's that? I understood like why guys are like why guys just like duke it out physical fight and then they're fine. Like I was like, wow, that really did work. I mean. I don't condone that, actually. I mean, I really don't think you should have done that. And um, because uh, someone could have gotten really hurt. So I don't yeah. believe in that, actually. But um, and I think, too, like you for you to get that angry is not healthy either. Just bottom line. No, like I was physically like in, I was I was in like a blind rage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get like that today. And then, no, you don't. I've, and before that, I've like literally never seen you get like that. That was, that's the only time I've ever seen that happen. But that's just how um, frustrating it is to be traveling yeah. and yeah. to be locked out of your place where you could stay and you're threatening, you're threatened to be like clean, sleeping on the streets. It just make it's just like a terrible place to be in. Um, and I lost control of myself. That's how angry I was. And, and see, that's what my point is, why I don't condone that, like, uh, violence when you're that angry, because yeah. you could, like, you could stab someone or do something really dangerous, yeah. like, that when you're in, in that sort of blind rage. There was actually, yeah. in, in my neighborhood, thanks to um, the Citizen app, I have this Citizen app that tells you when crime is happening all around and within, like, a square footage of your neighborhood. Um, this yeah. one night, two women got into a fight um, on, uh, it was uh, 29th and Master, which is just a block from my house. They got into a fight. It started on social media and they met up on the street and they had a knife fight and the one woman died. Jesus Christ. So there was a stabbing, someone died and it was because they had a, you know, friendship fight. They were, they were friends. They had a fight online on social media. Oh Maybe, I don't know the intricacies of the fight. Um, because they also, they don't give you people's names on the citizen app. Uh, just like yeah. the whole backstory. I just read through yeah. the comments. So I don't know what happened. I assume someone slept with someone's boyfriend. That's usually when it gets like that yeah. heated, that's usually yeah. what it is. But that's what I mean with the blind rage and, and fighting. Like, I, I don't think you should do that. You really should take a breath yeah. and not do that. Cause you could do I something can't. that you regret that time when I hit you and you broke your nose or you didn't really yeah. break your nose. Like, I mean, my broken. I don't know. There was a lot of blood. Um, <laughs> let me tell you, I fucking regretted the shit out of that, and I've literally, like, and that was like a female toxic thing too, because it was yeah. like we were at this party, we were drunk, we were in college, not young, and we were, and you were visiting me in Cincinnati, and yeah. we were uh, at a college party with my friends, and. Uh, there was this dude I was trying to hook you up with while you were visiting. Cause like, what am I, why am I even fucking doing that? I'm like pimping this dude out. Yeah. You know what? He was high. I, I trust me. I have like, I had thought about it, but he's kind of twinky. He's like really skinny and I'm not into really skinny dudes. Yeah. You like that. That's what I mean. I was like, Oh, this guy is perfect for Marie. And, but anyway, so, but you guys took forever to hook up. Like, it was like, you guys met or whatever, we were at this party, and you guys weren't, like, really hooking up, and I was like, oh, whatever. But I got wasted, and then it was, like, 2 in the morning, and yeah. we were, like, I was, like, I want to go home, and you were kind of, like, 
you didn't want to leave, obviously, because you hadn't hooked up with this dude yet, and you guys yeah, went. We were like at the point of like we were like at a point, you know. Yeah, so and then I I was like wanting to leave, like totally like cock blocking the situation, and but like and then I kept on being like, okay, fine, I'll stay, and then whatever, and then I just kept on getting more and more drunk, and then I don't know how you we did end up leaving. You finally, I guess, you guys hooked up or something, or or like you were just so. Yeah, like okay well we gotta look you wanted to leave and i think we were just like all right like bye yeah like, but i was so pissed still like that it took okay, me like i ran up behind you to catch up with you and yeah. you like turned around and i don't think you knew like i just don't even think it's anything went through your head no you i i didn't, didn't even know how i hit you i didn't even know how i hit you because <laughs> part, part of it was that i was running behind you so it probably so made the hit. It, it made the hit really bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it works. Yeah. Oh god. Well, I mean, and part of that too was like I was jealous that you were hooking up with this dude because like I didn't get the hook up with anybody or like honestly yeah. I wasn't into anyone in my school. Like I I really wasn't. So it wasn't yeah, like sucks. yeah, it wasn't really like yeah. him specifically. It was just like I was just jealous in general. But, um, when you're 19, that's what you like are focused on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so there was that, like, you know, but also I was drunk and tired and I wanted to go home and you like didn't care. And I was like, he didn't care about me. Because I was drunk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You were drunk and just trying to, you were young, drunk and trying to hook up with this dude, like totally like whatever. But yeah, I had this blind rage and I think I must have backhanded you or something. And then yeah. also you ran into my hand. And yeah. and you immediately were had blood gushing out of your nose. And I immediately like freaked. I was like, oh my God. I remember. And it was I was horrible. You started like bawling crying. I started crying immediately. I felt fucking horrible. I couldn't believe it. And I was crying too. And because that's so scary that you hit someone and you make them bleed like that. Like obviously yeah, it's sc- obviously it's scary for you because you're bleeding, but like the fact that you did that to a person is really a fucked yeah. up feeling. It really is. Let me tell you. Uh, and the fact that it's your friend and you love your friend, it's like really fucked up. And then I was like begging you to hit me, and yeah. you wouldn't hit me. And you were you were somebody you were crying too. She's like, I wouldn't hit you. I love you. <laughs> You fucking pussy. You just got punched in the face and you told me you loved me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a pacifist. What can I say? And, but then also on top of that, we go back into this party and it's so embarrassing. Like I'm from Philly, my friends visiting my, and all these people who are still, we're still kind of new friends. I'm like, I punched my friend and she's bleeding. Like, <laughs> And we were both crying. And crying. they, we and were like a hot. Because the whole night, they were like, oh my god, you guys are from Philadelphia. You guys are from Philly? Like, what's it like to be from Philly? Like, a girl literally said to me, what's it like to be from Philly? And, um, oh, that's the other thing. Like, when you're from Delco and you travel, like, you just say you're from Philadelphia. I mean. Right. People don't know. I mean, but also, like, it's like. You know, people from the Northeast are from Philadelphia. We're closer to, like, fucking Philly than people in the Northeast. Like, literally, Delco yeah. is, is literally just, like, Northeast Philly, basically. But, um, yeah. so, uh, uh, 
they were like, yeah, that then everyone thought I was psycho too. Even after that too, like people at my school, I felt like thought I was psycho after that too. Like, you know, <laughs> if we were in an art crit and I was like, uh, said any shit about your work, everyone was like, okay. Oh, okay. Like, oh, so Beth, Beth, that's Beth. She fucking punched her friend. She, like, she, she, she brought her friend here and punched her. <laughs> The other thing I was scared of. The other thing I was scared of too was that it, I thought that guy might think that I liked him too, which would it, which was like another thing that was really uncomfortable. Like because like I didn't, but like you know, I thought he might think I liked him. Yeah, it seems like you did. Fuck you. <laughs> no. I really did. I'll never like skinny dudes. Like it'll just never happen. Like they're just too skinny. Like I just feel like I'll break them. Like I can't like take a skinny dude seriously. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, incels. It'll never happen. Um, anyway, closing thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. I'm engaged. <laughs> closing thoughts. Heartbreak. Heartbreak heartbreak and female, I would say, this is my closing thought on it, is that this article is really sad. Because as um, psychotic as this relationship is, it was still a friendship that ended badly. That ended badly. And when it's that intense of a friendship, it hurts. And those friendships Mm -hmm. are so intense. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel bad for both of them. I understand Caroline um, has... Uh, problems has some serious um emotional problems and natalie natalie did get totally used and fucked over by this person uh and i so it's just a really sad example of you know this is something everyone's gonna go through you're gonna have one of these painful relationships and and it's heartbreaking like I'm, I, when my past toxic female relationships that i've had i'm still heartbroken over I mean, there was one point yeah. when Caroline um, was like, saw that, uh, not Caroline, Natalie saw that Caroline was doing so well. And a part of her felt like she was missing out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she like reached out and like, when yeah. she's also kind of using Caroline and at this moment too, as well, because she could have uh-huh. left, left it alone, but she didn't. She wanted to be a part of it. But I've had those moments like seeing past friends um, doing well in the spotlight or whatever, and just wanting yeah. to reconnect with them and be a part of that with them and yeah. not being it's a- like seeing your old boyfriend or something, like you forget all that shit and you're like, aww. Yeah, and and like, but um, there's also part of a jealousy to it as well that you want to mm-hmm. be a part of it. Like you feel like um, it is yeah. part jealousy, I think, like, too. Like you still yeah, want to be a part like of it. Should be. Exactly, which is why what drove Natalie to write her, to literally write her, and then get reinsert herself, which is a step that I've never taken. I won't go there. Like you know, if I'm if I stop being friends with you to a point, um, like you know, you and I have taken breaks, but Mm -hmm. there's like a connection between you you and I. Like like you're my dearest friend, and like. We'll be yeah, friends. Same. We'll be friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're, yeah, we're just 
like there's a connection. And also when we've gotten in fights too, we've gotten in fights, but we've never been so horrible to each other to a point where like I wouldn't forgive you or you forgive me. Right. We've never yeah. done that. Like we've never. Yeah, there's no like, I don't feel like we've done things that were like really vindictive or something like no. taking each other's boyfriends or, you know what I mean? No. Like that's just not really like what we're into. Um, but I've gotten in fights with people and I've made decisions about people and basically like it'll be like if you've done a certain amount of shit or talked a certain amount of shit about me. Like, we'll never be friends again. That's it. Like, we're done. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, that would hurt my feelings so much that I... I had a person... I had a person who ghosted me, a female friend, and um, they wrote me on Instagram, actually, and were like, we should hang out again. I haven't seen you in a while. What happened? Or or not what happened, just like, I haven't seen you in a while. And I didn't write back immediately, but they just kept typing and I was like oh okay what are they saying and they and then they came out and said that their boyfriend said that I was a bad influence on them that I was I was a negative negative influence on them like like I'm a bad person or whatever and that's why they stopped hanging out with me which I didn't even ask them to say that or anything but when they did I that was actually a moment where I was like okay this is where I cut it off like, this is, that's, I mean, if you can't hang out with someone because your boyfriend says something, like, and especially yeah. if, if you knew me before you even knew this boyfriend, like, yeah. to me, that's like, you don't really want to be my friend. And you, you obviously probably feel that way about me if somebody said that to a point where you were like, you know what, you're right, and I'm not going to hang out with them. So yeah, right. why do you want to hang out with me then? Like, so right. there's like all kinds of shit and like or if I've gotten in fights with friends and I just hear them accuse me and just saying like the nastiest shit about me I'm not gonna be friends with them anymore but like you and you and I when we've gotten in fights and not to be like we've never done that like where we like obviously you're pissed at me for something I did which is a legitimate like thing and I'm mad at you for something that you're like a legitimate thing but we don't like create illusions of like this like person that's not even real which is what I feel like some people do what like in uh friendships then they create like these elaborate fucked up illusions or whatever just to make themselves feel better or whatever and yeah no not doing it that's not how you you stay friends with people no Closing thoughts for you, Maureen. What do you? Um, closing thoughts for me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've had um, some pretty toxic female friendships, and I've had times in my life where I've been the toxic friend, and, like, that hurts a lot. Like, that, that's, like, a horrible feeling. Like, that feeling of, like, guilt, like, knowing mm-hmm. that, like, what you did to people when you've been in denial about it the entire time. Yeah is, um, like, it, I mean, it was a serious existential step that I had to get over to, like, not, I'm not kidding, like, when I really, the full weight of it hit me when I got sober for the first time, I was absolutely suicidal, I was just too scared, like, I didn't too scared to die, so, like, that's the only reason that I got through that, and then I ended up getting through it with the help of a wonderful friend who was my sponsor, who I actually don't talk to anymore. 
Um, but I guess uh, I, I thought it was a rambling thing. Um, so I guess, you know, good friends are a treasure. Um, toxic friendships can really, really hurt people. and um, But people can grow and change. Like, people can change. And I've seen that happen. A lot of people say people can't change, but they can. So I would say... Like, I did um, relate with Caroline, and if I would say something to her, I would say that, like, you know, it's not, people don't, just like you, it's, like, stuff that you've done, and, like, that's the, like that's your addiction, doing those things, like, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't know the person you are when you're healthy yet, like, that person's in there, and, like, I know from personal experience that, like, it's a very different person. You know, when you have your head on the street and you have, like, the support that you need. And, and you're, you're not, not pushing you're, everyone away and making yeah. out fantasies. Exactly. Yeah, I relate to, like, what you're saying about feeling guilty about past relationships uh-huh. and owning up to things that you've done and just taking the opportunity of the heartbreak of the failed friendship to grow as a person. That's really... Right, awesome. and... And like you said, like, I mean, I have a friend from over 20 years ago that was, it was an extremely toxic friendship, but like still to this day, like something will happen. I'll be like, oh my God, she was so fucking funny. You know, like it, it, she was so smart. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's really bizarre how much these can even be like, you know, dating relationships um, just because it's like the passion involved. Yeah, I still, I feel the heartbreak, but yeah, I don't have happy, I don't hold on to the happy memories. I'm still holding on to all the fucked up shit with my past. Oh, I, I still hold, I'm holding on to It's really, shit. it's really hard for me to find a happy memory. I try to, actually. I try to reach really? out. Yeah, so that I don't feel so bad about the friendship. I try to think about the good times of the friendship yeah. so I feel better yeah. when I'm looking back on it because you don't want to have this all this like negative feelings towards a person nobody I don't right. who wants to like hate somebody I, it's no it's so painful no, yeah that's like that's just hurting you so like, I'm you I'm constantly I'm constantly grasping to find the good things so that I yeah. feel better about the friendship um no well i i it's not because i it's very hard for me to even think of some stuff it really is Mm. i hate that i fucking hate you if you're listening no i'm just (laughs) 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 psycho laugh no um oh that actually speaking of which this some people you really some people are really sick and toxic and you just are toxic together and you just can't be together this person has the most psycho laugh that's one of my past toxic feet like the most shrill fucking laughter that even like when i was friends with them like it would make me shiver and i would be like please stop fucking laughing like it's oh scary my God. Oh, funny like do you, but like you don't know who I'm talking about. I don't think so. I might. You would know. Let me do. Let me do their laugh. Let I don't me do. Know when, listen, I, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> do you want me to do the laugh? If, if it's somebody that I know, then I know who you're talking about. Do you want me to do the laugh? No. Okay, because that would be cruel. Yeah, and I would get this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, but it like I actually still it still I still hear it and it like fucking makes me shiver. Like that's how that's how shrill it is. Anyway, um, yeah, hold on. I would say that's my advice is to try to find the the what you like about the person. And I would say that's the other thing about this article. There's actually some really loving um, things in here. That's like, what struck me about it. Natalie yeah. shares, like, some really loving things about their friendship, you know. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Fre- like, losing a friend is, like, a serious thing. People don't take it. People don't, like, think about it as the same intense as breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But yeah. it is, like, breaking up with a friend is just as intense. Um, yes. It really is. Especially when you're younger. Like, when you... Your lifestyle is that you go to school every day and see your friends every day and do everything with them, and they are your life. Like, yeah, it is earth-shattering to break up with a friend. You you put a lot like it's like tough like it's the same thing like what with a boyfriend like a lot of your life is invested in your boyfriend or your husband yeah. or your girlfriend or your partner or whatever like your rent your life your house yeah you're living together like it's your whole life is soaked up into it so there's like that. But, like, you know, we tend to try to, like, distance ourselves with our friends for that reason so that it's, you know, not so intense. But we do wrap ourselves up in our friends as intensely. Like, and a lot of, like, what I'm talking about, like, for instance, what happened with uh, Natalie and Caroline Caroline is a creative um, business, you know, partnership that, you know, when they broke up, you know, that was, that's an intense, you know, breakup. Uh, yeah, loss yeah. Life of, of multiple things. you know like if you and I broke up I would be devastated because we have this podcast together I know that's basically it though <laughs> so I guess I'll talk to you in a couple weeks yeah okay so I uh, will talk to you in a couple weeks we'll see if we get to two weeks um, uh, have a good September yeah also I was going to say you need to um Get in touch with your mom. I say our next episode. Yeah. Well, we'll... yeah, I'm going over. My dad's birthday is next weekend. Next week, yeah, next weekend. So we're going over there. So I'll talk to her about it. Work with some dates on your mom, and we'll do an episode on crystals. Love it. Okay. All right. Love okay. you, Marine. Love you. Bye. Bye, ho. I'm doing a peace sign. You can't see it. Bye. Bye. Little epilogue to this episode that The Cut or any online publishing platform would be interested in paying me to write about my past female toxic friendships, please email me at bethheinley at gmail.com. Thank you. Speaking on Maureen's behalf here, of course, I don't think she'll be interested. Podcast! Podcast. Podcast. Two hosts! Two hosts! Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, it's a four house on the hill. Two hoes. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts. <laughs>